When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Looking through red and black lenses, it's In the Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Good evening, New Zealand. Welcome into SENZ. Dean Butler here with you tonight, uh, filling in for Ricardo Ball. Ricky, of course, is filling in for uh, Staffy. Thank you very much for that, uh, Ricardo. Uh, joining me tonight, of course, is Big Ben Francis. He's the producer. He's the man on the buttons. And shortly, we'll be talking with Justin Marshall for In the Red. But before we do that, Ben Marshy, listeners, can I say something? Ben, is that okay if I get this off my chest? Okay, thanks. Look, I just want to say it's great. It's great to be back hosting a radio show again. I'll tell you that, folks, because it's been two years. Last time I did this was on Radio Sport, and Radio Sport got the COVID, and that was that. And like many of you out there, we had to find another station. It wasn't easy. I fell down the ZB rabbit hole. It's okay. I got out. I went around a few radio stations, music stations, gold, coast, the hits, the sound, you name it. I even tried George. That's when I knew I was at rock bottom. But then, from the ashes... From the radio ashes rose the mighty phoenix that is SENZ and saved us from our radio purgatory. So I want to say thank you, SENZ. Thank you. Okay, that's enough ass kissing. Let's get on with the show. It's time now for... Crusaders trying to lift the level. Oh, busting through. Gets the ball away to Bauer. Bauer cut down just five metres short of the line. But here's the chance for the Crusaders before halftime. touches from Richie Moonga. I love watching the Crusaders when they're doing their counter-attack. They just string it together, together effortlessly. Sebel Reese kicks the ball downtown. The Crusaders are into their 16th final in Super Rugby. There you go, New Zealand, of course. Once again, the Crusaders march on to another final. And joining us now is one of the old Crusaders himself, Justin Marshall. Marshy, how you doing, mate? Yeah, good evening to you, Dean. Good evening to everybody joining us for In the Red. We're in finals week, so you'll all be very excited. Um, Dean, welcome back to the Airwaves, mate. Lovely to have you back on Thanks. Uh, that- radio uh, for everybody tuning in. And, um, yeah, looking forward to breaking down the next hour as we work to... What is everyone's, I guess, 
dream final, the people's final, mate. <laughs> it came about, and uh, I guess that's created some genuine excitement. Oh, absolutely. We'll dig into that, Marshy, because I'm with you, mate. It is the people's final. But let's look at that that win against the Chiefs, Marshy, because, mate, for all money, I honestly thought the second half the Chiefs were going to run you down, yet somehow the serial winners, the serial finalists, the Crusaders do it again. How, what, how did you do it, mate? How did the boys do it? Yeah, look, I think when they looked at the, the first up um, effort, when they got beaten, they're on their own patch by the Chiefs. They would have broken that game down and looked at areas where they were, they were quite clearly outplayed. And I thought one of those areas was in the patience department. I, I thought when the Chiefs came home with their wet sail at the finish of that match in the round robin, they were incredibly patient inside the 22. The Crusaders still had to make, I think, two and a half times more tackles than the Chiefs on that night. Mm. Uh, but the, the Chiefs were just very, very patient with the ball, particularly inside the 22. Now, this was a basically, it wasn't a replica match, but it was very similar with the Crusaders, you know, going into that 230 tackle mark. They're like, that's next level stuff when, you, when you're entering into that zone. <laughs> but um, I certainly felt that they... They showed just a little bit more line speed. They, they didn't paint as many pictures of space for the Chiefs once they got into that zone, mm. and they forced the Chiefs to make errors. Like, everybody sort of talked a little bit about the pass where Quintupaya threw it over the touchline. But basically the reason, or part of the reason for that was he was asked to execute it at a, a split second because the defender was on him in an absolute flash. Yes, there was space there, and the Crusaders gave them that space last time, and the Chiefs took all of it. But this time round, when they'd been uh, defending multiple phases, the Crusaders decided to keep their line speed and make the Chiefs plays, execute passes, uh, footwork, uh, power, whatever it might be, to finish their hard work. And ultimately, that was what the shift and the change was. And that's why I think, even though, like you said, it looked like the Chiefs were... The, the better team on the night with the ball in hand, the Crusaders completely frustrated them on the night when they had the ball because they couldn't they couldn't finish off all their good work. You, you're abs- that, that's what I was trying to figure out, Mark, is like, was it, like we heard people say in the last hour, was it a, a Chiefs choke? Or And I don't think it was. I think it's like you say. I think the Crusaders just put so much heat on them that the mistakes happen and eventually they crack and the Crusaders go down the other end and, and finish it off. Yeah, and I, I think that basically the Crusaders with their line speed, if you go back and rewatch the game, you know, that the time, particularly in the first half where they had, you know, plenty of momentum, they had scrum after scrum, they won a couple of scrum penalties, Crusaders were, were under penalty yellow card pressure. Uh, and, you know, the, the Chiefs' sole cooler went off the back. And again, the Crusaders, when you're under penalty yellow card pressure, it's easy to back off and, and make sure that you don't get caught offside for something cynical. Uh, you don't want to go in the, the bin for 10 minutes. And then when the Chiefs decided that they'd had an overlap and they got it out to Nankerville, instead of Nankerville having time and the Crusaders backing off, bang, he had a defender in his face again. And they spilt the ball. Sever Roos scooped it up, kicked ahead. Will Jordan um, was following up. They forced a five-metre scrum um, for the Chiefs on defence after defending for so long. And then three or four minutes later, Cullen Grace was off the back and scoring a, a, a seven-pointer. So, you know, that that was what they did differently. I, I don't think I don't think that the Chiefs choked, mate, but I, I mm. certainly don't think that they were as ruthless as they've been throughout this competition. They, they just looked a little panicky um, at times when they'd look composed. 
in previous games and previous encounters um, where they'd been under the pump, they'd, they, they'd stayed composed. The Crusaders forced them to, to get a little bit impatient mm. and, and try and chase points. And when they chased, they pushed things a bit too hard. And I think that was a, that was not a Chiefs effort that Craig um, uh, McMillan would be very happy with, I don't think, Clayton. Mm. Yeah, no, I, th- I think I, I agree with you on that one too, Marshy. And you touched on it there, and you've probably spoken about it. We've heard lots of people mention it as well, the cards. Now, to me, it's it's like the ref puts himself almost in a no-win situation when he brings that up early. You know, you don't give yourself any room to move because when it happens again, you're kind of you're kind of caught and you have to do something, even though to a lot of us it looks like it's just, as we've heard in a, a rugby incident, it just it happens. It's a thing that happens in a game. Is there a way to fix it, Marshy, or what's the answer? Yeah, well, you, my, my, my word is it's it's accidental. Mm. You know, now, now what, what, what yellow and red cards for? They're for intent. Uh, intent to injure, or also your intent was, um, your intent or your body position was wrong, so you're always then going to be causing problems. Mm. What we're seeing is, we're seeing red or yellow cards for players where their intent is already set and the actions of the ball carry, carrier a lot of this time is putting them in a bad position, whereas their, their position was already set. And, and so what can they do? They, they can't go anywhere. They can't do anything. And sometimes you get accidental head-on-head collisions. Mm. Sometimes you get a player falling from another tackle or falling over like Pablo Matera was at the weekend. He yeah. missed the ball. He, he looked back to grab it and then he found himself slipping and falling to the ground. If he had caught that that ball, Quintu Pio was going to hit him right in the ribs. Yeah. Um, but because of the way that that that, 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 that split second unfolded, um, he fell to ground. It became clumsy. Tupai did nothing wrong. He was still looking to wrap his arm. Um, he 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 accidentally makes contact with the head and gets a yellow card for goodness sake. You know, it's just like. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's proving, it's proving to be a real problem in our game. It has been. And it will continue to be unless they change the law interpretation and they start to take into context that there will be accidental collisions in the game without any intent from either the offender or the defender. And and that sometimes in a contact sport, it'll just happen for no no another no unknown reason. No one's set to hurt anybody. No one's set to headbutt anybody because you know that's the last thing you want to do. And mm. You know, quite often we're seeing the player that is being binned being the player that needs an HIA. So something's wrong there somewhere. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And I just want to change tack a little bit, uh, Marshy, because there's been a lot of talk in Christchurch lately about the stadium, the new stadium, the old stadium. And let me throw this at you, Orange Theory Stadium. You know, I think it's aptly named because, in theory, it is a stadium, OK? It might not be the best stadium in the world. But you know what, Marshy? What was that stat that was on the weekend? Was it 26 or 27 of the last yep. playoff games at home, haven't lost. Now, surely yep. that's a reason to stay there. Have I gone too far with that, Marshy? Or would that be something? It's you know, what do you think? Yeah, well, it's not an easy ground to play at, Dean. It's, mm. it's difficult because you know it, it isn't a purposely built rugby stadium like many of the stadiums that we're now playing in. But mm. It's been pieced together. It was a rugby league ground. Um, I remember going to watch rugby league there as oh, as a young, okay. uh, you know, young teenager when I, when I first moved to Christchurch. Really? And yeah, I did. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, they, they've basically built the whole stadium out of scaffolding. And, and so, 
They've temporarily had stands there for over a decade now. They're absolutely freezing cold to sit in because you're sitting under cold steel. Um, they don't have high grandstands, so when when, it, when the weather comes in, it, it hits the field full on. You know, there's no real protection for for the ground. You don't have, you know, mm. uh, double story um, uh, uh, grandstands where you can get a little bit of respite from the weather. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the, there's not a lot of top tier. Uh, franchises and teams across the world that play in probably second tier stadiums mm. and because of that you know the Crusaders are just used to playing there they're used to fighting the wind, the southerly the weather, the dew is a massive problem there Okay. Uh, and so teams that come there are really outside of the envi- environments that they're used to being in um, and so that's why it's massively advantageous to the Crusaders to play there because they know that ground like the back of their hand. They know the wind conditions. Mm. They know when it's going to change. They can look at the Port Hills. They can see what's going on. So they do have a huge advantage to that stadium. So in theory, Mm. what you're saying is right. But if you had to go sit there each week as a red (laughs) black uh, supporter, you'd probably be saying, you know what, I, I like our winning history here, but I'd rather be sitting with my shorts and a t-shirt and maybe a sweatshirt in the middle of winter, <laughs> drinking a cold beer with a roof over my head. <laughs> I hear you, Marshy. I hear you. Mate. Hey, also interesting. So you're a bit of a, a league. Did you start off as a league, Marshy, or no? You just went there to, to, to watch? No, no. I've always followed rugby league. I never played. I played the odd game when I was a teenager okay. down, down south um, where I grew up. Um, but th- that was quite um, prominent rugby league. A lot of guys actually used to play club rugby on a Saturday and league on a Sunday. Oh, um, so yeah, it was, it was a part of my upbringing. Um, I always followed it. I still follow it now, um, and, 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 and watch it, uh, regularly. And I did when I was an all black, um, whenever we were away, yeah. On tours, yeah. if there was a game on, I'd go and watch. I've been on a couple of tours where there's been origin on and I've gone to watch them. Oh, brilliant. Um, recently I've been over to Australia just with mates from, from Queenstown and we've gone to watch, uh, origin um so nice. yeah I, i'll regularly go and, and uh i was just out in melbourne for the super round recently actually <laughs> and i had a hell of a an afternoon where i watched uh, an afl game at the mcg where there was 90 oh it's mental isn't it, 80, over there? 86 yeah eighty-six thousand people there and then uh, that was on in the afternoon and then i walked across the bridge between that and amy stadium um <laughs> Uh, which I had an hour between games and watched the Melbourne Storm play the Warriors. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 into my my oval ball sport. It'll be fair to say. Yeah, no, good on you. Look, we're going to go to a break soon, and I'll just give you an update on the uh, league: Canterbury twenty, Parramatta zip. Can you believe that one, Marshy? So far, wow, that is that, that is I think top four against uh, I think the, the second last. Yeah, down? way down like there. That. Yeah, so still <laughs> half an hour to go. Um, look, we're going to take a break now. If you want to, um, we'll talk some more All Blacks and Super super Final after this, but if you want to text a question or anything, please do so. Double eight, double three. Uh, double eight, double three if you've got a question for Marshy about the, the, the Crusaders, the final, the, the All Blacks, whatever you'd like to ask. Or you can give us a call as well. 0800 150 That's 0800 150 and we'll be back after the break. Yes, we sure have seen a lot of rain lately, that is for sure. Welcome back into SENZ. Dean Butler here with you tonight for Lennon for Ricardo Ball with uh, Justin Marshall and In the Red. Now we're going to start talking um, all things All Blacks. If you've got a, uh, a question or anything you'd like to ask Marshy, please give us a text. That number is double eight double three double eight double three, or give us a call 0800-150-811. And Marshy, we have got a call for you tonight. First up, it is uh, Graham from Christchurch. Graham, are you there? 
G'day, Dino. Oh, it's Graham. Graham, yes. I, I, Gra- how are you, mate? We, we go back a long way. We surely do. How have <laughs> you been doing, all right? Oh, yes. Still living in the subtropical climes of Christchurch, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. about three degrees out there now, but uh, it's just great. Yeah, uh, no, I was, at, I was at the game on Friday. I, 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 I'd miss see, I often see Justin there, but I miss seeing him on Friday night. But it was yeah, no, bloody cold, yeah. It's good, Graham. But anyway, you've got a question for Marshy. Please, you ask him, and Marshy will give you the answer, mate. Oh, just about um, Cullen Grace. Yeah, I know his name wasn't mentioned that much before, but, you know, a lot of other Lucy's. But, yeah, he had a great game Friday night, as we know, with the, the two crucial tries. But uh, all-round work effort, you know, played very, very well, especially settling down at number eight with, you know, with Ethan's injuries and, uh, well, belated injury two weeks ago. And then, um, you know, other players, been, like Pablo, been out, in and out. He's really done a great job, hasn't he, uh, Justin? Yeah, hey, Graham, how's it going? Um, nice to hear yeah, from good. you, mate. Uh, yep, man, I know you have your regular spot there at the stadium, so uh, sorry <laughs> I missed you. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I was a bit late getting there. Okay, very good. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think probably when I was looking at the balance of this all-black side, uh, I thought Cullen Grace had probably done enough to play his way in if the all-blacks were looking at picking genuine number eights. So they're looking to pick players who have eight on their shirt uh, you know, throughout the season. And they're not going to mess around with playing players uh, out of position, you know. For example, you know, uh, Sam Kane at eight, Akira yeah, Yoni yeah. at eight, and then six, and then someone plays at seven and they switch around. And, and so, you know, that was probably the biggest question mark I had over it. And, and as it turns out, they have picked two genuine number eights, and one of them's not Cullen Grace. They've picked, obviously, Hoskins Sotutu, and they've also, um, they've also picked uh, Peter Gus Sawakula. So I think probably... When you boil it down, um, I wasn't convinced that Mikael Tuu had done enough. I thought that he'd had a yeah. real decent charge at it, second half of that season, Graham. But I certainly felt yeah. that Cullen Grace had found his mojo. They'd stopped messing around with him. You know, Razor had decided that he's an eight. He'd stopped putting yeah, Pablo yeah, there yeah. as well. Pablo's a six. That's right. And, and I think that, you know, it, it probably boiled down with them. I don't know what you think. It probably boiled down to the selectors between Cullen Grace and uh, um, Peter Gus Sawakula, quite probably. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I think a lot of people today talking, you know, were more surprised that he got in rather than Hoskins Satutu because he started yeah. the season very well. I remember that first game when we lost to the Chiefs. He yes. was what man of the match, probably. But, you know, um, Cullen Grace has sort of built up you know, quite a um, you know a formidable um, you know a lot of games behind him that he, where he's just done the statistically done the job and you know he's run with the ball too because you know as well yeah. as doing the the hard yards but um, yeah I think he's ended the season far better than than the other guy but um, yeah as you well know with these All Blacks as, as someone who's an ex All Black um, <laughs> you know it's, just, it's always um, a bit of a tough day you know the who got in and who didn't from each of the squads around New Zealand, provincial and Super Rugby squads? Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I think be so. interesting to see. I think I, I certainly think that um, I certainly think that the reason Solar Cooler came into the mix is because obviously Artie can play there and play there pretty well, um, but we do lose some height and, and and you know a little bit of physicality. Even though Artie's a physical player, you know he's physical in a different yeah, yeah. sort of a way that it's close to the breakdown where he's. So formidable with his leg drive, but he's not he's not traditionally a, a big hard ball carrier that'll run at two defenders and bust through them. So I think probably Sotutu and Cullen Grace are quite similar 
in that degree. And I think that the yeah, difference yeah. is Gus Sawakula is very good post-contact. So he can run hard at a defender or two, but then he's got the ability to throw a, some sort of a an offload and put somebody in space. He's got probably better ball skills than all those three players. And I think that's probably what cut, uh, cut Cullen Grace out of the mix. But he'll develop. He's only young and he hasn't played enough there yet. He hasn't been given enough opportunities, I think, in that eight jersey to to, to grow his skills. Because Kieran Reid was very similar to him when he was young. Yes, exactly. Very, very yeah. He just used to run hard. And then he found that, that he could balance himself and get out in the outside channels. And then all of a sudden he started running upright. And yep. then post-contact, getting one arm offloads away. So, in time, Cullen Grace has got the physicality, the skill set to be able to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and of course, Kieran Reid started on the blind, and, and Cullen played a lot of rugby yeah. earlier on the blind, even though he was a sort of a pseudo-lock, too, in his very early days, three years ago. But, yeah, that Kieran Reid developed that wide-out game where he used to be lethal for the All Blacks, particularly. Yeah, yeah no, um, yeah, no, a lot of people are comparing to Cullen to that. But, no, no, good talking to you guys, and good talking to you again, Dean. Good yeah, to hear you, you back you, on air. You too, Graham. Hey, great hearing from you, mate, and uh, all the best in the, in the final, OK? Okay, thanks. I know you mean that. <laughs> yeah, cheers, <laughs> cheers, Graham. Ah, uh, yeah, no, good stuff, Marshy. Yeah, yeah, I'm like you. I know Graham from way back. He's a proud Cantab. You know, he, he's a good man. And, and look, he mentioned um, some of the All Blacks there. Look, the Crusaders still got still got a few in there. I mean, you know, Lester Fanganuku. You know, on he got his he's getting his debut. He's getting his new cap. Um, you've got to be happy with with players like that getting into the side. Yeah, look, I've been um, very vocal and banging the, the drum for Lester Fyanganuku uh, mm. for the past couple of seasons. Um, I, I, I conceded last year that he was probably just a little green. Mm. Uh, he got moved around a little bit last year. He, he got sort of pushed between centre and wing quite a bit. This year, he's predominantly found himself, unless he's needed, on the wing. And uh, I think he's he's got better awareness of how he can roam. Um, defensively, he's got a lot more solid. We've seen him over the ball, which a lot of the modern-day wingers have to be good at now. You know, like you think of, you know, players um, like even uh, Colby for South Africa. He mm. gets in over the ball and, and, and get affects turnovers. And I certainly think that Leicester, having had much more time on that, on that, uh, on that wing, has developed him in, into a much better player defensively. Uh, obviously, he can still play centre, which would have helped him in terms of selection, but yeah. I, I I just feel that with our back line, and, and even if Anton Leonard-Brown was available, we've got too many like-for-like -like players. Uh, you know, we've got too many mm. uh, footwork skill players in the back line, yeah, if you, yeah, particularly now that they've uh, picked Roger Tuvasa-Sheik, who's good in contact, mm. but he is a footwork player, and you know, we obviously let Lomapi go. Um, Nonu's moved on. Uh, and, you know, if we need power, you, you've got to bring that power in from the wing. So you can still get them through that area in the 12 channel, running at 10s, running at 12s, but they just come from the wing. And, and there's plenty of moves to inject them into the game where they can have momentum onto the ball and be difficult to stop. So, you know, Sevu Reese isn't that type of player. And I don't think Rico Ioane is if he if he does play on the wing. Caleb Clark to a degree is. Yes. But George Bridge wasn't. You know, so I think the All Blacks have recognised that we need that Julian Severe, John Olomu, um, Tana Umanga style winger again that can fulfil that centre role if we've got 
footwork centres, players that are good distributors because we need to shore defenders up before they can um, utilise their skills on the outside. So I think that's a reason they've got him in there. I, I think uh, his power mm. is what we've been missing recently and um, I think it's bloody good that he's in there because it'll really help our attack. Yeah, you've got to have that go forward even if, like you say, from the backs as well. Is there anyone that's really standing out who missed this squad that, that you think should have been in there? Oh, I think there's some genuine, real uh, disappointing players probably floating around the country this evening. Mm. Um, I think quite a, a number of them have been mentioned, which I concur with, the likes of Ethan De Groot. Um, yes. You know, the, the second half of his season, once he shook off his injuries, you know, he's that type of prop I felt that we need. You know, he's a good scrummaging prop, but, man, he's mobile. He's got good ball skills. He's got the ability to distribute, to, to throw a miss pass. Um and he's, he's, his work rate's really high. So they've, they've gone for, you know, uh, Tuanuku Ape, uh, Tuangafasi, mm. uh, Lala. Like These guys are not in that degree, believe me. So it's interesting that the All Blacks have gone back to those solid scrummaging front rowers that are not as, as mobile and particularly not as good laterally. Mm. Um, so he'd, he'd be one. Um, you know, certainly the back row was always going to have some disappointment um, within it. And, yes, and you know, the fact that Ethan Blackadder was missing has probably opened up the door for some easier easier uh, or less headaches for the All Blacks in that yeah. regard. But um, Brad Webber springs to mind big time. Um, TJ was always going to be touch and go, yes. whether or not they went for him or Whakatawa. I thought they'd go for one or the other. I've said that quite openly and mm. people would have heard me talking about it, that, yep. that, that they would go for – they couldn't go for three players – very similar, which would have been Smith, Christie, and Brad Weber. All of them are—they're slightly different in, a, in in a to a degree, but none of them have the post-contact ability of Fakatava or Pirinara, and we need that. We need that in our nines if we're going to evolve our game plan. We need nines that can challenge guard dog defenders, who can get, get us momentum forward, who can do things like Dupont, who is mm. so strong and he's so good post-contact. The, the nine for France. We, we, we need that. And Aaron Smith fills a different roles. And, and you know, Fakatava and Perinata were the only two really in the country that could do that. Um, so I think that's why he's got the nod. Um, really disappointing for TJ. Really disappointing for Brad Weber. Um, there's always going to be some hard luck stories in the outside backs, mate. Oh, oh mate, look, look, five into three <laughs> doesn't go, man. There's just no way. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hear your pain. Uh, keep your tests coming in, uh, double eight, double three. We've got one here for you, um, uh, Marshy, as well. This is from Brooke. Uh, why didn't Grant Nisbet and Justin Marshall commentate the semifinals for Super Rugby, and why are they not commentating the final? That's from Brooke. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be there at the weekend. Um, I, I believe that, well, I do know that um, Nisbo had a spot of laryngitis when he woke up on Saturday morning and had to pull out late. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I was unwell as well. So uh, I've, I've had my dose, and I'm quite open to say it, of COVID. I yep. got it at the start, the start of last week, last uh, Monday. So today was, was my last day of isolation. Um, so I was set to call the game, um, but I uh, had to pull out, obviously, with uh, isolation requirements, but um, I'm all good now. I got through a pretty mild dose of it, which I'm pretty happy about. <laughs> you know what? what? I got through it so well that I could actually have a beer watching the Origin <laughs> on Wednesday night during the week. <laughs> oh, come on. That's not a sickness. Bloody hell. No, no. Oh. No, no. So, uh, I will be there for the final. Um, you know, like I said, it's the people's final. It's it's historic, uh, so it's fantastic to be there. Uh, you know, I was thinking about Graham. He's such a... oh. 
such a loyal supporter of the Crusade. He was he's been there before I was there, and yep. he was at every single goddamn game, mate. He mm. is unbelievable. I'm just wondering mm. how many Grahams um, are going to be heading to Eden Park. How many tickets Ooh. have Ooh. Crusaders fans? managed to get their hands on and how many are going to make the effort to go, you know, considering the Crusaders' success. Like, this is, believe me, this is a final that Scott Robertson wanted. He would have loved to have been playing at Orange Series Stadium in yeah. front of all of our supporters and, and fans. But also, the type of coach he is and the players that he, he's got in there that love to grit their teeth mm. and, and go, go away and rub it in the nose of somebody. Eden Park, <laughs> Eden Park is where you want to be come Saturday, believe me. And I just wonder how many... How many red and black jerseys are going to be there that actually are making the effort to go from Christchurch? Not ones that are living in Auckland or close by, but are actually going, this is going to be an unbelievable final. Oh. Let's get the let's get the family together or let's get the boys or the girls together um, and make it a trip and let's go support the Crusaders because they're going to need it yes. up there big time. <laughs> All right, we're just about to head to another break. If you've got a question you want to ask Marshy about the Super Final, about the Crusaders, about the All Blacks, please text us uh, through on 88833, that's 8833, or you give us a call 0800 150 811. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back into SENZ for In the Red with Justin Marshall, Dean Butler filling in for uh, Ricardo Ball. Keep your texts coming in on double eight double three. Uh, but Marshy, before we get back to it, just a quick update from the league. Uh, the Bulldogs lead Parramatta 28-4 with 10 minutes to go in that one. Wow. Yeah. It's, wow. I don't think anyone saw this one coming, Marshy. <laughs> no, no way, no. And, um, I guess probably... If I was thinking about it just briefly, yeah. uh, I would say that there's probably a few players that had something to prove in that Canterbury side. You know, they're like Ado Carr, I believe, is one. Um, and Pangai Jr., isn't, yes. isn't he? He's eligible for uh, Queensland, isn't he? Yeah, um, the big boy, yes. Yeah, and definitely Ado Carr. And, 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 you know, so there's some players that are probably paying for some, some higher honours as well. They've obviously... They've obviously <laughs> got the word, inside word that the, the coaches or selectors are watching because they're going pretty good by the sound of that score. Man, Man. They, they sure are. Hey, just had a text come in as well from um, Michael Marshy. He says, uh, Marshy, do you think RTS Roger Tuvasashek getting named in the All Blacks and other new ones as well? What do you think about those? Yeah, it's a good text. Like, I, um, look, I'll, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Mm. I'm not 100% convinced on Roger Tuvasashek at the moment. Um, I certainly think that he is doing nothing wrong mm. and, and that's that's healthy because he's not being found out. Uh, I think he learnt early uh, defensively that he has to be careful about stepping in too much uh, because people are looking just to hook him in and then get on the outside of him because, you know, that outside and defending mindset of rugby league mm. um, is very much built into your system over a long period of time. So it's, it's hard to extricate that. But I certainly think after being exposed a couple of times, that one against the Highlanders, I think it was, um, or the Hurricanes, in fact, where he got beaten on the outside, um, you know, that cost them the game. He, he certainly has made massive progress since there. He's good at, um, in contact. He's explosive into contact. He doesn't often get knocked backwards. Mm. Um, you know, skill set is, is pretty good. Uh, his distribution is okay, but... Uh, you know, is is he the best 12 in the country um, or the best two 12s in the country? Um, yet, I'm, I'm not sure. But I think probably what they thought and Ian Foster thought was, let's, he needs, we need him in the environment. Mm. We need to have a look at him. We need to get him under our tutelage and see 
where, where he's at and see what we can get out of him. So that's probably why he got picked. I think I don't think it was entirely on form. Um, as for the rest of the, the 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 debutants, I think it's great that we've gone for an out and out eight in Sawakula. Yes. I really do. I think it's where we need to go as a back row. I think we need to stop pissing around with playing players at seven one week and six. I've already said that earlier in the show, so. Please, I apologise if I'm repeating myself, but if you've just tuned in, um, I'm very adamant on that. Yep. Uh, front row, I'm not entirely sure we've gone as mobile as we should, um, but there was Aidan Ross got his opportunity, which I think he, he has really deserved. Um, I was pleased to see they put Kalkiaho again. Yes. Um, and obviously Leicester, Wharinganuku, we've already talked about. Uh, and finally, Fakataba. So, yeah, look, um, I think they're all worthy of their spots. Um it was pretty predictable side that they picked. So mm. the, nothing's actually completely shocked me. I, there's always going to be admissions that you don't agree with and, and lots to debate. But in general, you know, the, the, the core crux of what you would expect to be picked out of all of our talent in New Zealand, most of it is there. It's just where it's going to play. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Where, where are they going to find spots for these guys? Is Rico going to be on the wing? Is he going to be at centre? Is Geordie going to be at 12? Or fullback, or is he going to go on the wing? Is Jordy, uh, Jordan, uh, Will Jordan going to play fullback as best position? You know, who's going to get the ten jersey? Um, are we going to start a genuine number eight, or is Artie going to stay there, start there again? Where are we going to go with that? You know, so the squad's there. It's just how he picks it and how we evolve because we need to be better than we were last year, or we will find ourselves yeah. going backwards rather than forwards. That's a hundred percent correct. Yeah, a lot of questions and they will be answered in time. And, and Marshy, we're getting a bit of feedback too. Of course, this is as we said before, this is the final we all wanted: the Crusaders versus the yep. Blues. Marshy, you've been there, mate. What was it like back in the day? Because these are the games that people like myself remember: those Blues versus mm. Crusaders, Titanic struggles you know just great games across the board give and take you know boom 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 what was it yep. mate, what was it like for you what, what do you remember about those games I, I also had, always had a massive edge against me um mm. a, 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 whenever we were playing the blues or auckland to be perfectly honest yeah. my, my my very first experience with playing auckland was in, in, in 1995 when we had the ranfurly shield and uh, we played in front of 35,000 at lancaster park and a very, very uh, formidable Auckland side came down. We were on a real roll. It was the last defence of the year. Uh, and um, they came down with the, the, the Brook brothers and Fitzpatrick. Yes. And, um, you know, they had, a, they had a cracking side. And they did a number on us, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Um, and, and since then, I developed this... Uh, how do I phrase this? Mindset. competitive edge, we'll, yeah. we'll call it. I won't use the H word. Um, and uh, so I was always up for those games, and particularly when they got to be big games, finals yeah. and semifinals in yes. particular. Um, massive amount of respect there for them because, mm. you know, they've always had great competitors. You know, think back to Carlos. Uh, yes. You know, you know, just a true competitor. Didn't want to lose um, any any game of rugby, let alone against the Crusaders of Canterbury. Um, they're, they're great games to to go into you know you know that they don't they, they have as much disdain for us as we do for them yes. so there's always that that feeling there between the two sides because history demands that you, yes. go, you go all the way back to was it you're gonna have to help me then 80s yeah. oh, even 86 yes the famous one that was the, the, where, the unbelievable i ran for the shield final that one yeah yeah 85 oh, i think it was 87 i think it was 87 yeah, um, so it's always been there, and and because of that, I think 
all of us remember that and all of all of us whichever camp we were in i think that rivalry kind of built from there and it's always been a, a part of that you know the big city in the in the north against the big big biggest city in the south yep. and uh it's a North Island and South Island thing, mate. That's what it is. That's what I I used to always just take it as being a uh, us versus them, you know, our island versus yeah. your island. So let's, well, that, let's go. That's right, mate. I mean, that's the thing. We're all Kiwis, yeah. but at the end of the day, I yeah. love a Blues Crusaders game. I love a North South game. Mm. I just do. Yeah, so do I. And uh, no, we we won we won some. Um, we lost. I lost the final against the Blues. Um, I won a final against them as well. Uh, and well, I think I won two. Um, but. Yeah, it was it was it was always competitive. There were never any blowouts in those games, really, to a degree. And and I don't think the weekend's going to be any different. They're too closely matched these sides. They are. And I I don't know was it did did Kirsty and Beef confirm it? Did they say it was a sellout already? Was that confirmed or not? I I don't think it can be sold out this early, can it? Well, I've I've heard, I've heard some mates sort of saying up there that they wanted to get in and get the tickets because uh, they were going to be were starting to become very hard to get a hold of. Wow! So, yeah, look, I, I would be very surprised if it's not a sellout, mate. Like wow. we haven't seen, we haven't seen a blockbuster game and a blockbuster final like this in a very long time. Mm. You know, I I, I think, uh, you know, pe- people want to see that 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 Blues Crusaders. I think it's carry over from last year. Yes, where the, the, obviously the Crusaders won um, Aotearoa, and yep. then the Blues won the the Trans Tasman um, off spin of that, um, and won the final at Eden Park, and yeah, so they both kind of were title winners, but everybody was wanting that big clash between the two of them, which never eventuated because of COVID at Eden Park. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I think we've been hanging out for this game for a couple of years. We really have, and um, I'll, look, I, I will go a very big he with capitals if that stadium is not full at the weekend but yeah. i'm certainly hoping that it's, that it's got you know a good four, three four five thousand crusaders well, that's... <laughs> get the boys some support yeah that's right you know not just the auckland-based cantabs you know you want the grahams coming up yeah. and uh and getting involved and yeah you're right and look to be fair last year i'm an aucklander i look at it um yeah. we won that super tramp rug that but that was basically whoever beat the aussies by the most points that doesn't to that's me it right. doesn't really count you know this one will count what you don't realise is you don't realise the ramifications of that because what what happened was because it eventuated that way and they were the, the, the way that the Crusaders obviously didn't get the bonus points they could have to get into the final, which mm. you know many thought they were the best two sides and it yeah. never it never happened was Scott Robertson and his coaches and all those Crusaders players for the first time in a very 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 long time. Mm had to sit back and watch a final that they weren't involved with and see the Blues uh, get uh, splashing the champagne, holding the trophy, getting the photos, singing their song, and they couldn't have an influence on it. And I tell you, that that, that, that will be on the video messages (laughs) all week. They will be showing that footage. I would be very surprised if there's not pictures plastered around the changing room walls every time those guys go in there showing the Blues, carrying on after that final, and... They would have sat there thinking, we didn't get our crack, but this year we've got it. Yeah, you're so right, Marshy. That is beautiful motivation. Hey, we're going to take a break soon. If anyone's got any last uh, texts for Marshy, please send them in, double eight double three, double eight double three, and we will be back with more of your thoughts after this. Welcome back into In the Red. Almost wrapping up now. Dean Butler here with Justin Marshall. Marshy, let's wrap it up, mate. We're talking... 
the dream final. It's this week. I want to know what your. I'll give you my prediction. You give me your prediction. What are you thinking, Marshy? Which way is this thing going? Well, look, I think it's a clash of the titans, really, isn't it? Mm. And there's no doubt that there's quality across both sides. Um, it's a really formidable record that the Blues have built up in the last two seasons. They are a very difficult nut to crack at Eden Park. But it's also a challenge that I think the Crusaders, not only coaches, but some of their key players will get up for. That, yeah. That's just the way they're built. You know, the, the White Locks, the Barretts, um, the Cody Taylors, even the likes of Richie Moonga, Will Jort, players like that, they get up for games uh, where they've, they've got to go to someone else's park and try and beat them up. And and that's that's something that I think will very much put the Crusaders on edge and, and, and have them in a really good place to approach this final with a good mindset. Um, I certainly hope that Pablo Matera is in the mix. I don't feel that yeah. he deserves to be yellow carded. It would be a shame to deny us, you know, the full complement of players that could go toe to toe with each other. Same. Um, so if he could, if he's in the mix, I think that that helps the Crusaders. Um, if he's not, that hinders them. Uh, Look, obviously, this show's called in the red, um, and, and you know we're, 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 we are biased towards the Crusaders. There's, there's a reason for that. Everyone has their moments in, at Sins Radio. Um, you know, if you, you want to talk the Blues, you'll be able to do that, um, and, and the Chiefs as well, Carmo and, and Steve Devine with the Blues, etc. So we, we are be very remiss of me not to say that I think the Crusaders will get. Look, they're my old franchise, but more than anything, I think their blood's boiling from yes. what happened last year, and I, I just think that they love a challenge like this is. This is Alice Park, mm. you know, w- w- which saw a-, a rise in the Crusaders I've not seen for a very long time. This is their Alice Park, Eden Park, and they will get, they will go there and they will win. Not by many, though. It's going to be a hell of a game, Marshy. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, pleasure speaking with you tonight, mate. And hopefully we'll do it again sometime. Thank you very much, Dean. Cheers to everybody. Um, enjoy the final Saturday night. Can't wait. Yes, boy. <laughs> there you go, folks. Justin Marshall uh, with his thoughts on, of course, as the show is called, In the Red. He's going for them. Uh, I just hope it's a great game. Personally, obviously, I want Auckland to win. I'm an Aucklander, but it's going to be one hell of a battle. And for you leakies, uh, we got to, uh, <laughs> you're not going to believe it. Canterbury have pummeled the Eels. Was it 34 4? You are joking. That is unbelievable. So there you go. Um, if you were looking for a perfect score and your tipping comp, it just went south. Uh, the Parramatta beaten 34 4 by uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs. I just can't believe it. And finally, we just uh, got another text. We got it earlier, but I just thought I'd uh, bring it in now. At the start of the show, I mentioned it was great to be back on air. It was great to have SENZ, a dedicated sport radio station, back on the airways. And what can I say? The text here says, Dean, I just wanted to agree. Thank God for SENZ. Spending the winter nights listening, sleeping through the winter nights with cricket in my headphones. I gotta agree. Coming up after eight o'clock, we've got our specialist darts show at the Oki with Big Ben Francis. If you love your arrows, if you love your feathers, you better listen in after eight o'clock.